VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world with the guts to tell you that the winter meetings actually happen in the fall. You ever think about that? It's not winter. Scientifically, it's not. I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. Look at the calendar, guys. When when does winter officially begin? Because I believe December 22nd. Okay, all right. So there you go. They are the fall meetings. Uh, I'm sure that that will, will catch on very here uh, soon here. The autumnal uh, gatherings. We have a ton to get to, uh, including the first ever MLB draft lottery. We have all kinds of hilarious Aaron Judge stuff to talk about. But most importantly, Jake Mintz, we have a special guest on this episode of Baseball Barbacast, and it is one Gerard Jerry DePoto. Yes, he joined us. We had a delightful chat. You will hear that in the second half of this show. It's great. You will like it. We had a great time. Jerry apparently also had a good time, so that feels good. But the point is, is we have more Aaron Judge stuff to talk about. Or should I say, Arson Judge, my good friend Jake Mintz. Let's begin with what I have to say is one of the funniest things to ever happen on Twitter, not just baseball Twitter. I'm going to say on Twitter in wow. general. Wow. And as we re- let's say when we're recording this, because that's very important when we are recording uh, during the during the uh, winter meetings. It is almost six o'clock local time here in San Diego. And just a few hours ago, we had a bit of a scare, a bit of a scare. Remember, coming into this day, we were always wondering, we were all wondering, when is Aaron Judge going to show up? As we sit here at 6 o'clock local time, we have not seen Aaron Judge, right? Nope. Can you confirm? Let me take a look. Nope. No. Okay, we don't see him. We're looking under the lobby. I don't see... No one here looks like they hit 62 home runs this year. i got to be honest. Oh, uh, no. Roger oh, Maris. Is, oh, sorry. It's Roger Maris <laughs> Jr. <laughs> oh, what? No. No. Okay. Uh, all that said, Jake, let's walk through what exactly happened this afternoon in, like I said, one of the funniest things to ever happen on Twitter.com. All right. So... Can you do it? Because I was at the supermarket, so I missed the whole thing. I don't know why you asked me to do it. Oh, so I, you, you, haven't, you haven't seen this yet? Yes. If you follow us on Twitter at CespedesBBQ, you may have seen uh, me, Jake, showing the video of what happened. But here is what happened. Let me get the exact uh, time that this original tweet uh, was sent out by uh, reporter John Heyman. Now, here's the thing about uh, John Heyman uh, tweeting, Arson Judge, looks like Arson Judge is headed to the Giants. Again, let's just say, looks like Arson Judge, A-R-S-O-N, is headed. Oh, sorry, Arson Judge appears headed to Giants. Arson Judge mm-hmm. appears headed to Giants. Let's yes. just say it a couple more times yeah. so people can really understand. Just scream it into the lobby. Arson again. Judge yes. appears headed to Giants. Arson right. Judge appears headed right. to the Giants. Now, for those of you just tuning in, his name is Aaron oh. Judge, and he is not an arsonist. <laughs> no. He does not burn down now. houses. He sure is now, though. Uh, now, here's the, the important thing to understand about this tweet. We are all waiting for the tweet that says where Aaron Judge is signing, right? And John Heyman is known to make some typos here and there. That is not new. But John Heyman is pretty damn good. John Heyman is not wrong very often. And so when I saw this, I said, my first thought was, wow, that's the funniest thing of all time. But also, I was like, oh, Aaron Judge is going to the Giants. Correct. 
But then, I, then it's just, okay, Arsa Judge, this is the funniest thing of all time. He followed it up with a corrected tweet. So this is the thing, right? He said, Arson Judge appears headed to Giants. That's up for about three minutes. Yep. Then he got Aaron Judge appears headed to Giants. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out that Mr. Heyman, unfortunately, may have jumped a little bit of the yes. gun. He tweeted, uh, too early, Giants, sorry, too early. I may have jumped a gun. Giants saying they don't have it yet. Um, but it is, he, LOL might be, it is so funny. Yeah. It is so funny that he said arson judge. I, because let's say it's right. Like Aaron, that Aaron, he had Aaron judge going to the giants and it was, it was real. That is the biggest tweet. The most important six words of the entire off season. Yep. And he got one letter wrong. Only one letter, <laughs> just a letter. He was off by one letter. He, yeah. he went like, you know, 39 for 40 on letters. Yeah doesn't matter. That was a pretty important one. Now, of course, the actual information is what is most important, and he was not the only one tweeting that it did seem like indications were saying that Aaron Judge is headed to the Giants. Susan Slusser, of course, one of the great reporters and writers that we have in the Bay Area, also tweeting, buzz in the lobby as Judge is going to sign with the Giants, apparently decision made in the last 30 minutes. Again, this was three hours ago. Um, also rumbling among Giants players and other personnel that Judge is coming aboard. So now, she, she put that out there. These yeah. rumors mm-hmm. were overshadowed by Arsongate. Yes. <laughs> well said. These are trustworthy. Slusser is mm-hmm. plugged into that organization. Mm-hmm. And the consensus that Judge is going to sign with the Giants is something that we have smelt yep. around these here autumnal gatherings, these winter meetings. But because of the Heyman situation... We are now waiting for an all-caps breaking by either Passan or yeah. Rosenthal to believe that this is truly done. There is no more smelling around for potential rumors. This is the real deal, and I don't believe we will get any significant movement until we hear from one of those two. Yeah, I agree. So we'll leave it at that. Again, we're, we're recording here at 6 p.m. Uh, local, but uh, it seems like we're still moving in the right direction. Will we see Aaron Judge still? I, I don't know. You know, that uh, maybe there's still time, but maybe he's still stuck in Tampa. Like, that is a part of it that is also interesting. You know, I, we were all pretty convinced he was going to be here today. There maybe was some flight tracking up. going on online, private oh, plane from okay. Tampa to San Diego. Yep. Uh, landed here at around 5 o'clock-ish local time, so that is a data point. Now, I want to just talk about something that came to my mind when Heyman tweeted about this. I think it was 2013 or 14 or 15 the nuclear disaster bombing alarm mm. in Hawaii mm. went off. Do you remember this? Uh, like vaguely. The national emergency was like attack on Hawaii imminent, Ooh. and everyone in Hawaii got it. It was an error. It turned out to be an error. Yeah. But for about 10 minutes, Hawaii thought they were having so, a nuclear bomb drop yes. on them. And so people texted their loved ones, and they yes. told people, their true feelings and they made plans and they cried and they thought they were going to die and then it was like that's not happening and so for about 10 minutes today yeah Aaron Judge was on the Giants yeah those reactions to that news were real and genuine and I would like to talk to producer Chris who is a Giants supporter for the seconds today that you thought Aaron Judge was really on the Giants and he still might be Mm -hmm. I think it is the most likely scenario but for that moment where was your head I was excited it's, a, it's obviously an exciting time. It, it, you get caught up in the uh, misspelling of Aaron Judge's <laughs> name. And then, you, you were know, also caught up in And then you know game. what part's funny about it as well, before we, we go on to anything else? The fact that he deleted it after, what, like three minutes, four minutes, he deleted it as if 
oh, you know what? Maybe I can just get away with this one. No one's seen it. No you, one's seen that I've yeah. tweeted that Arson Judge is headed to the Giants. Let yeah. me just give that an old delete and then Sweet. correct myself. Sweep that guy. Not under mention the rug. it. Not not say, hey, you know what? I accidentally <laughs> misspelled his name. I I was just thinking. So, sorry, it, but. You, you did start thinking about it. It seems like we may get to have a real conversation about Aaron Judge and the Giants and, and what that really means. But you were also distracted by, by Arson Gate. Of course. And, <laughs> and again, you're waiting for Passon or one of those yes. guys to yes. really tweet it yes. out. Because when it's all about the wording as well, not just the spelling, but it's True. all about the wording. True. It looks like he's headed to the Giants. Like, yeah. cool. No worries. Yeah. That's Let's fine. see what happens. I wasn't 100% convinced, but I still allowed myself to get a little bit excited. Okay, right? When you you're, see you're that being tweeted that out, you are excited, but you appear to be too, towards yeah, being you don't excited. Be, yeah, you don't want to get too ahead of yourself. Now, Aaron Boone's press conference. Oh, yes. Arson Boone. All, all of the Arson Boone, exactly. All of the managers <laughs> do media availability here, and his press conference Tough spot. was about an hour after <laughs> the Arson Judge tweet. I was there. I went in. Oh, yeah. And he was asked, basically, hey, you looked at your phone, and you had a, probably a million text messages, and it felt like Judge was gone. What did you do? Right? Because there, it, there was a moment today where Aaron Boone believed that Aaron Judge was done. He was gone out of New York to the Giants. And Boone was like, well, I was actually in the shower. I got out of the shower. I checked my phone. I had a million texts. I called Cash, Brian Cashman, the GM. I said, is this real? And he said, no. And I, then I was fine. But it is that image of Aaron Boone getting out of the shower. We all get out of the shower. <laughs> we all check our phone when we get out of the shower. Some of us wait. Some of us, our hands are still wet because we have addictions. Mm -hmm. You tap the screen. Maybe Aaron Boone did that. Mm -hmm. And he had noties up, up the waz. Mm -hmm. And he was like, Siri, call Brian Cash. <laughs> In that moment, there was real fear, real fright. I just want to say, before we move on to Cody Ballinger, a news that has actually happened. Uh, you bring up, I, 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 am I glad you brought up the Hawaii situation? Here's why I'm glad you brought that up. Because I am glad that this is not that serious. For Aaron Boone, he is the one who is the one of the more most impacted. I know fans care, of course. But for, the reality is, we can all laugh about this because we're still talking about baseball. Of course it's important. It's millions of dollars and Yankees fans care and there are kids out there that love Aaron Judge. But this it's so yes, funny because it a, doesn't matter. Yes, this is a high stakes mistake as it gets in this context, this very specific baseball winter meetings context. But on the grand scale, this ain't no nuclear warning and we can all laugh at it. So just like a nuclear warning. Uh, let's just go to some breaking news that we just got 42 seconds ago. Uh, also courtesy of John Heyman uh, and Robert Murray, which is that Tywan Walker has signed with the Philadelphia Phillies. Mm. Um, this is not as exciting as some of the other news that has broken today, which we'll get to in a second. So let's just cover this one quickly because it just broke. Tywan Walker to the Phillies. This is not a connection I was really thinking of. It did feel like the Phillies had to add another starter, though, with Eflin uh, and Gibson out the door. So it seems like he slots in as the four. Right, because the Phillies' rotation at present would be Wheeler, Nola, postseason hero Ranger Suarez and then their four starter would have been Bailey Falter he probably moves to the five you can make an argument that they need one more starter their two top prospects are Mick Abel and Andrew Painter are both pitchers they probably won't be they not probably neither of them will be up to start the year might see them down the stretch clear that they need, needed to add another arm mm -hmm. for that rotation and you know Walker makes a lot of sense I do think it is interesting that they opted not to bring back 
Eflin, Syndergaard, or Gibson. Syndergaard, right. That's the other who one. Who all three yep. of them were just there and in that same kind of zone as Walker. Right. And so I would be curious to hear from Dave Dombrowski and Sam Fold and the brass over there. What was it about Walker that made him the guy they chose to mm-hmm. take that spot? Because there were so many other pitchers in that level, right? Mm-hmm. Tyon. Yeah, I was about to Bassett. say, right? I mean, Eovaldi. Uh, now, the difference, know. which just came into my head as this happened 20 seconds ago, <laughs> is that Walker does not have a qualifying offer attached to him. And mm-hmm. the Phillies, having already signed Trey Turner. Not a lot of draft picks. Not a lot of draft picks. <laughs> and Dombrowski said today that right. he did so, not envision signing anyone else with the QL. With the QL. And so that is probably why Walker slots in. You can make a good argument that he is the best pitcher on the market left without the QO? Uh, Tyon. Tyon does have a QO. So I that's said another you one. could make the <laughs> argument. Make an argument. No, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just, yeah. just mentioning another. Right. Tyon, uh, Quintana, Stripling, and then you get to Syndergaard, Manaya. So, yeah. No, I think that's a, I think that's a totally fair point. It's a kind of a no-brainer Dakota move. Kodai Senga. I guess Senga's the other wild card uh, right. who does not come with a QO. Anyway. Pretty, pretty interesting. The Phillies obviously trying to compete, trying to recapture the magic. Totally. I think Walker uh, will be a fun fit in that team. Yep. Easy, easy addition. Uh, let's move to another fun fit, I guess. An interesting one. Uh, another Boris client, a uh, Walker Boris client. And Cody Bellinger has found a team. When he was first non-tendered by the Dodgers, uh, we had a kind of a wave of rumors about the teams that would be interested. Got a little Giants, got a little Blue Jays. The Chicago Cubs have made their first big move. Uh, we talked on the pod this morning about the Cubs being one of the teams with the most pressure to make a move. The Cubs, their first one, giving Cody Bellinger one year, $17.5 million, just about what he was uh, you know, scheduled to make in arbitration with the Dodgers before uh, they told him he wasn't quite tender enough. Uh, how do you like this fit? It just makes me think of Jock Peterson, right? Interesting. Jock was with the Dodgers and they were like I think we're done here and he was a free agent a little different because he didn't get non-tendered went to Chicago was there for half a season and then the rest of his career happened right I don't think Bellinger will be a cub moving forward I think this is a make or break year for him Mm -hmm. but what I do like about this is it is the Cubs saying let's give it a go somewhat in the year of our Lord 2023 because Bellinger is it's a one-year deal, right? Mm-hmm. And this is the type of move you make. The upside is that your team is good enough to win the division, and we've talked about the division is there for the taking. Mm-hmm. The fallback plan is that Bellinger is good enough if you're bad and you trade him and you reap the rewards. Mm-hmm. And then if he's bad, it's just a one-year deal. So I really like this for the Cubs. It shows some activity on their part that they're somewhat interested in competing in 2023. Looks like there is also a mutual option. I don't know if we have the details about that. Um, so it's more of a one-year, $12 million deal, $5 million buyout. Uh, but the point is, even at $12 million, he's now their fourth-highest-paid player uh, behind just Stroman, Suzuki, and Kyle Hendricks. So, yeah, I agree with you. Um, but if anything, again, it seems like the Cubs will keep doing stuff, and I like that. It's hard to picture Cody Bellinger cold. <laughs> That's an interesting point. Yeah, what is the coldest postseason game? Probably the I mean, 2018 World Series yeah. is the answer to that. Those were some cold games. I we those. were there. But in general, I do uh, see the point that you are making. Uh, from Bellinger to Bell, let's talk about Josh Bell for a little bit. Another Boris client. We, you mentioned Boris this morning. Here we go. We've got Walker. We got Bellinger. We got Bell uh, so far. Or as John Heyman calls him, Josh Hell. <laughs> Josh Hell, uh, Josh Bell to Cleveland. 
They love their switch hitters. Josh Bell, simply put, I, I know that he has, is, is very hot and cold. He has these amazing first halves, and then he looks awful. But uh, it's the truth. He's one of the best switch hitters in baseball. Like, that's true. That is, there's not that many good switch hitters in baseball, especially who have very even splits from both sides. Um, and I, I like it. And I'm pretty happy to see Cleveland spending some money. That's what, cool. Like, we, Scott Boras getting a big deal from Cleveland is pretty, pretty cool. Do we have a deal yet? Do we uh, have uh, any kind of details, years, uh, monies? Point. I don't know if we do. Um, I think we're still waiting on that. Uh, let me check. I do not we know. just have team plus player? Uh, no, we have two, 233. 233. We're on the air. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Someone, here, winter meetings. Someone just asked us where the bathroom is. And if you're going to come into the lobby, we are right here. Yeah. Just, just ask. Let, let, say, hey, where's the nearest bathroom? Because we do look like we know. See, we do a, look like people that have been to the bathroom today. Yeah, I've peed today. And what, what was amazing about that interaction is there I can, from where I'm sitting, I see about 200 people. Who are, <laughs> who are not, not wearing microphones, wearing microphones <laughs> headsets, not talking to one another, who could have informed someone, that, that person, where the bathroom was. I actually think that that is a good kind of indication of how friendly we look, if anything, yeah. of how much that we have actually, how, how recently we've been to the bathroom. Right? Exactly. I, so, yeah. I have I've been known to pee. Let's move on. Yes, let's move to on. To our next player. Oh, sorry, we're on Josh Bell. No, Josh Bell's good. And, and two, 233. So I, 233. Yeah, 233. So it's not like Cleveland's really backing it up, well, uh, it, it, the, the, the truck for him, but that's still a significant investment. Bell is an interesting player, right? We've seen the top and we've seen the bottom, mm -hmm. right? We've seen him look completely lost and we've seen him look dominant. Sometimes in the same exact season, in the same exact game. Mm -hmm. That ball that he hit in game one of the playoffs oh, yeah. against uh, Scherzer yeah. was Hop incredible. Up. I was like, oh, my God, Josh Bell's going to take over the postseason. Yeah. And then he was just dog shit. Or not. <laughs> right. But for, the, for Cleveland, yeah. it's a perfect fit because the upside there is so high. And if they're not going to hop in at the top of the market, mm -hmm. they need to hop in with players who could, give, who could be all-stars. Totally agree. Right? Awesome, awesome clubhouse guy. Uh, dude who has been on, you know, I mean, he, the Padres really were, were a winning team, one of his first real winning teams. But I love that fit. And, and we just mentioned payroll-wise. I mean, 16.5 doesn't sound like a lot. I mean, he's, he's immediately their highest-paid player. He will be making more than Jose Ramirez <laughs> still. <laughs> uh, opt out after 2023. But a nice deal for Bell. And, and if, he, if he does put together a complete great season, which he hasn't really done, uh, he could totally be a, an attractive free agent again next season. Remember that time he wore the hat? He wore that crazy hat to the All-Star game? Uh, yes, yes. He, that was because crazy. He has, he has made an All-Star uh, team. All right, a man likes one, hats. We have one more big move, and this is one that I am uh, quite excited about. And that is that Mitch Haniger has signed with the San Francisco Giants. Soon you will hear, uh, the second half of this show, you will hear from Jerry DePoto. And Jerry DePoto has made many trades in his, in his life uh, as, as you know, Mariners GM. One of them was to get Mitch Haniger. And that was one of his, and I know Cattell Marte has gone on to, to become uh, a good player in Arizona, but what Mitch Haniger has been to Seattle has been has been really amazing and and he has been such an important part of the Mariners rise over these last few years but he has always been committed you know a late bloomer in terms of succeeding in the big leagues he's dealt with some freak injuries but when he's on he has looked like an excellent corner outfielder and the Giants are betting on that while we are still waiting of course for them to maybe sign Aaron Judge this is a really nice move to to go for an upside play too uh, in terms of actually fortifying this lineup because this is here, here, here's a good way, way to start remember the uh, MLB Network put a graphic out I think last week that was like oh man look at this lineup if they sign Aaron Judge and I was just like 
Yeah, it's just like a pretty bad lineup, but it has Aaron Judge in it. It's the <laughs> meme of the Bugatti in the crappy driveway. Yes, yes. And so uh, adding a guy like Mitch Hanniger, who there's, there is risk here because of his injury history, uh, his very weird injury history. Uh, but three years, 43, I understand why the Mariners were hesitant to, to commit to him that much, even though he did mean so much to them. As a Mariners fan, this is about as good of a landing spot as I can find as, as, as far as where I would I am excited to keep rooting for Mitch. Of course, I'm going to root for him anywhere. Uh, but with the rumors of him looking at you know, the Red Sox, the Rangers, the Angels, I love this fit. He's a Northern California guy as well. So as well, we're all waiting on Linden. I'm pretty sure he's from even closer to... Uh, to San Francisco. I could be wrong about that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure. But either way, as far as if it goes offensively, I think this is a really, a really nice one and, uh, and nice to see the Giants actually really start to spend some money, whether it's Judge or not. And it's, yeah, it's, it was never just going to be Judge or just going to be Correa. This roster needs a bunch of pieces. And what's interesting about the roster is that none of the players are great. They're all f- fine to good. And so they can add in a lot of different spots if they mm-hmm. need to, right? Mm-hmm. They can go get a shortstop, or they can go get an outfielder, or they can go do whatever. Mitch Hanniger, I think, is really important in the pursuit of Aaron Judge mm-hmm. to a certain extent to show him, like, hey, it's not just you. Yeah. And Judge ha- has basically said that he wants to get this done quickly so that the team he signs with can do other things to build a contender. And I think it's really interesting that the Giants went ahead and did this first. Right. And in some ways, it's, it's almost a kind of playing a reverse of like, hey, we're, we're already doing stuff and we still want you to come here. You right. know, like, we're, it's not like we're promising like, hey, yeah, just come here and then we'll do more moves, right? Uh, this is a good way to, to and, and just in terms of clubhouse guy, like, as everyone around the mirror said, like, what it's very cliche, but I'll just say it because it is repeated about him so much. One of the hardest workers in baseball. Um, and yeah, Archbishop Mitty High School, like, he's right in San Jose. So, he is, he is definitely a, a Bay, Area, Bay Area guy, and I'm sure he is. I don't know if his favorite player was Rich Aurelia. <laughs> it was actually just Barry Bonds. Um, but I'm, I'm really happy for Mitch, and, and, and yeah, so good for him. Hardest working guy. I, one time, just once, I want to go on a show and say, that guy, lazy fuck. Yeah. I mean, you this know, guy? you hear that sometimes. It's just not you're not going to hear that <laughs> too often uh, uh, being uh, spread uh, throughout the league. So. Very happy for Mitch Hanniger. And uh, look at the Giants. They're, they are making moves. So we will see. Looks like the Taiwan Walker deal, four years, $72 million. Holy smokes. This Scott Boris guy might have a future in this business. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will be joined by President of Baseball Operations for the Seattle Mariners, Mr. Jerry Depoto, to talk to us about his trades. Negro Leagues Baseball Museum President Bob Kendrick hosts the SiriusXM original podcast, Black Diamonds. The Negro Leagues didn't care what color you were, and they didn't care what gender you were. Can you play? Hear stories of the leagues and legends that shaped sport, culture, and society. That's why the museum is so important. It's like, we are never going to forget you. Episodes of the award-winning Black Diamonds are now available wherever you get your podcasts. We're not talking about balls and strikes. We're talking about your life. We are back here on Baseball Barbacast. Jake Mintz, Jordan Schusterman. And, and Jordan, I want to paint you a little picture. All right, let's okay. do it. The year is 1978. I'm a young student at Tom's River Elementary School. I walk into the cafeteria at lunchtime with what I think is a solid assortment of food. But seated next yeah. to me is this young kid named Jerry. And this young kid named Jerry tells me yeah. that my bag of cookies is mm. actually 
worth less than his unseasoned crown of broccoli. And after a whirlwind conversation, I end up with the broccoli. Mm. He walks away, mm -hmm. turning that four cookies into five. Does that sound like an accurate uh, Is that how scenario? this began? And I got the Eddie Murray rookie card for his Moose Haas. <laughs> oh, it's my goodness. Say, okay. So does that paint a picture for, well, by the way, we're here with uh, Oh yeah, we're here with Jerry DePoto. Operations, Jerry DePoto for the yeah, Seattle Mariners. Uh, is that how your passion for trades began? Is that the origin There's, story? I, I think that's where it came from. Okay. You know, the, it, it could have been broccoli. I, I don't really <laughs> remember that part of it. You know, but mostly I shut broccoli out anyway. Okay. Okay. So what about like, listen, you, you had your long career as a player, but when did this passion and interest in trading? I know you've been, of course, a baseball fan your whole life. You become a major leaguer and then, of course, an executive. Is there a point when you started to become extra fascinated in this part of the process? Yeah. I mean, oddly enough, it was in the 70s collecting baseball cards, okay. trading with my friends, doing those things. And, you know, and then obviously uh, when, once I got into my playing career and realized that there was a different element to the business of baseball. Yes. I, it was 2000. It was the 2000 season. I spent a lot of that year on the DL with, with a neck issue that ultimately led to surgery. And the Rockies were good enough to let me into the draft room that year. And that's when it really began. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I sat through all of the draft meetings. Mm -hmm. I started watching VHS tapes of right. various pitchers. Sorry, what, what ordering is that? them up. <laughs> yeah, so VH, VHS. It was a, I can't <laughs> yeah, describe what, to yeah. you how the technology worked, only that it was grainy video. Okay. Is that uh, like a newspaper? There's, yeah. there's something yes. like okay. that. So it's, uh, that was my next question is when you were a player, were you thinking about like, what should we do? What kind of deals can we swing here? So you were thinking about those things. I guess you were injured and you had some time to think about it. And so it really started as a player. Yeah, I, I think it did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and during that time, it was right about the rise of, of fantasy football. Mm. We started doing that. And right. I, I actually just told a, a fun story a moment ago that, uh, you know, one of the football fantasy football leagues that I played in, Hal Morris was one of the, the, the competitors, you know, longtime major league first baseman, really good hitter. And, uh, and Hal, incredibly smart. And we played in the championship game against each other for, I think, three and four years. And and then I got the gig in Anaheim, to, to uh, my first general managerial yep. job. And I called Hal and I said, you want to be a player personnel guy? <laughs> because I know how his decision makes. You build works. winning teams. That's amazing. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love that. So what is something about like the logistics of a trade that the average fan or person who's not behind that curtain doesn't understand how maybe it comes apart, how it gets finalized, how those conversations are actually happening behind the scenes. You know, it, it changes so many times, more often than not. Very rarely are, are you calling a team and say, you know, hey, I'll give you Jerry for Jordan. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really work that way. Typically, though, we have generated, we meaning the Mariners, have generated, uh, I guess, a reputation around the league. Mm -hmm. We'll be pretty upfront with what we're willing to do on yeah. the front end. Mm -hmm. And as a result, we tend to get more deals done because yeah. it's, a, it, it be, it's a more inviting way to enter the trade talk rather yeah. than, hey, we're interested in a right-hand hitting outfielder. And we don't speak in code. We just tell teams what we want to do and, and yeah. they can decide whether they want to play. And that's interesting because it, it would seem to me that you would get calls on most guys. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm a team looking to trade somebody, like I'm going to check in with you, <laughs> right? And, and I would imagine that means more emails and more texts yeah. and a busier mm -hmm. lifestyle than maybe the average GM. But you don't, you're always given the option to pass or play on a player. 
It depends on the organization. If that okay. is always true of the Tampa Bay Rays. Well, we'll get to <laughs> them. We'll get to yeah. them. That's going to come up. Yes. I do think that, you know, for the most part, yeah. there are teams that you deal with and yeah. uh, that, that will consistently run names through. And, and we tend to run names through when we have players who are yeah. maybe running out of options, when, when we see a target with another team. And there are a couple of teams that are on – Speed dial yeah. that, that you yeah. tend to call sooner than others. Yeah. And it's all about relationships, who right. you deal with best. Right. Also, dig into the logistics. You know, in, you mentioned fantasy football. You know, if you're making a trade in fantasy football or say on MLB The Show, right. there's levels. You press, you know, offer trade, and then sometimes it'll say, are you sure? Is there some version of that in real life? I understand there's like an internal system that you submit your trades, but does that also happen when you're submitting real Major League Baseball <laughs> Or trades? is that just Justin Hollander being like, are you sure? <laughs> there's no, mostly that there are two people sometimes yeah. holding me back, you know, <laughs> right. now it's not all joking aside. Yeah. We, we do so much background work yeah. on, on a trade before we ever offer it. And, right. you know, and sometimes yeah. we'll offer a, a trade and the other team, ah, oh, we wouldn't, we wouldn't dream of that. Mm -hmm. One of the things we try to do is be realistic in the suggestions that we make uh, yeah. to other teams, mostly because I want to be the team where they answer the phone when they see me calling through. Right. And, you know, because there are the, the every deal you want it to be beneficial to both sides. Sure. I'm not asking you to trade me a dollar for a dime. Sure. You know, and and one of the things that I think, again, a, a, a reputation that we have have developed through the years is that we, we do tend to to meet teams where they're at. And, yeah. Right. And we will work through in a deal that makes sense right. for everybody. Like Castillo trade is a great example of that. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's a it's a with a lot of good prospects. Yeah. But Way then, more than we actually wanted to give up. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what trades are. You're yeah. never going to give up less than you want, right? Actually, for the most part, we've, we've become so good at you know sticking with, all right, this right. is as far as we're willing to go, mm -hmm. and just stopping. You know, more, more recently in trades, uh, the, the Castillo trade, it's one of the nuances of doing a deal in July. Whatever you think your threshold is, if you want to yeah. do a deal in July for an impact player, mm -hmm. you're going to do more than that or you're not going to get the player. Right. Yeah. And the, the best part about Castillo is, you know, there was some of the sentiment, and you could speak to this a little bit better than me, was, man, Mariners really gave up a lot. And then Castillo, like, gets on the mound. You watch first, him first for start, you pitches. watch him for three pitches, and you're like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh I get it. Yeah. That's fine. That makes sense. It's not, not complicated. But so, is there, like, a yeah. final button yeah. that gets pressed? Like, if you're talking to another team... Like, do you say deal? Like, do you, deal, deal, or is it is it like sharp? No deal, like, Howie. Like, we don't what do is, it right. When does it end? Like, when is it? We're done. It's I'd happening. never considered the 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 shark the shark day comparison. Element. Yeah, sure, but yeah. that's that's fun. Have you ever yeah. said? And for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I've never said it. There you go. There's now a line I, for your next you know, negotiations. I, I think the you know for us mostly it's you know, we will do this. And, yes. you know, and when a team meets us in that space, you know, it might be this plus something, sure. you know, something. But but it's always based on the the core of the deal is what we were willing to do. Otherwise, we just don't do the deal. You're, and you're not starting that conversation. And like you said, it's different in July versus in, yes. in the off season when you have so many other options and you can explore different avenues. I think this is a question you've been asked before, but I know there's some good stories around it. What is the weirdest situation you have completed a trade uh, as GM or president of baseball operations. Oh, oh it was, yeah, this one's a no brainer. Yeah. You know, we were at the winter meetings in 2018 yep. and, and I had a health issue mm -hmm. pop up. I had blood clots on my lungs, which I didn't know when I went to the winter meetings and I wound up in the hospital and, and not doing great. And, uh, and I was on all kinds of pain meds and I was mostly out 
and we were in the middle of a three-team deal when I went to the hospital. And, uh, you know, Justin and Scott Service, our manager, completed the deal. And because there was cash involved in the deal, one of the other teams wanted to know that I was in before, you know, we would push it across the goal Thumbs line. up from the hospital? Correct. And I still have footage of it. You know, Justin and Scott came to the hospital, which it's got, it got me a visit from my boys. That's and, good. It's and, like uh, when they wheel like a football player off the field after a horrible injury and it's like, thumbs up. Thumbs I'm up. Good. That's what they did. Like, and yes. the, the others are sitting there in the picture like we got it. And, I, and uh, you know, th that was by far the weirdest circumstance yeah. that resulted in the deal. That was your Jordan flu game. Uh, one quick <laughs> question and then we're going to do a yeah, couple yeah, trivia yeah, questions. then we're going to really really grill you for us as people you know we've been doing this now for 10 years when we go to dinner at like my girlfriend's friend's house and someone finds out that i work in baseball there's a question like oh what do you think about the yankees right i live in new york and that always comes up i'm curious for you like if you're picking up you know your kids at someone's house and in walks jerry depoto be like we gotta go <laughs> what how do you handle that type of scenario where everyone in Seattle obviously wants to ask you about the team, right? I'm sure you're nice and kind about it, but how does that situation play out in real time for someone like you? Because so, it's such a bizarre level of celebrity that you operate. There's a, I, I will say this, that, that and, and maybe this is my own misunderstanding yeah. of who I am. I feel like I'm a very familiar person, you know, and, and okay. the, the way I interact with people is familiar. Like what we do with our, you know, our 29, you know, competing organizations, I'm as candid as it gets and it's, <laughs> and it's legit. It's a, it's not, it's not accidental. I want you to feel interested in what the Mariners are doing. Of course. And the easiest way I can do that is tell you what we're doing. And, <laughs> and, uh, it's true. and I, I, the, I don't think that's, right. we do it with our, our group upstairs. You're like, yeah. is, is that really what we intend to do? Yeah. I wouldn't tell you that if yeah. it's not what we intended to do. And, and I feel that way about our, our, our fan base as right. well. When you encounter a fan or a group of fans, you know, walk them into what you're doing. And I try to remind myself in that moment, you are, you know, your 10 year old Jerry in 1978, yeah. sitting in the lunchroom <laughs> trying to make that deal. How would you want the, the president of baseball operations for, for a team to react? Yeah. Sure. Uh, and, and that's how I try to react. Tell them what's happening. Uh, so let's let's we're going to really get into some trivia here because. I got to say, Jerry, you know, I'm a Mariners fan, and I've been tracking your trade since you joined the team in 2015. And I, have I, have a, yeah. I have a very thorough spreadsheet. There is a Google track. Doc. I don't know how thoroughly you keep track. You're just, you know, all right, I make a trade, on to the next one. So we're going to give you some, some questions here to kind of quiz you on your Mariners trade history. All right? Okay. I will tell you that, it's, and this is a lesson I learned very early in my, my general managerial life. Yes. Billy Bean of A's fame. Uh, told me when I started, he said, I got one bit of advice for you, buddy. Make your deal. Don't look back. Mm. So I've tried well, to look back. Well, time to look back, Jerry. <laughs> we're we're going to look back. Uh, this is going to be more, again, we're not saying like, what went happened there? What went wrong? What was no. wrong there? Uh, you know. Oh, fire away. I know it. There's some duds in there. Uh, yeah. And well, and that's the thing. When people ask me like, Jerry, like, oh, that one was like, when you make that many trades, you're going to have some hits. And yep. You're going to have some misses. That's right. And, and that's what's going to happen. All right. So let's, let's go back to the beginning with the Seattle Mariners. What was the first trade you made as GM of the Seattle Mariners? Um, who was it with, and who were the teams involved? The, it was with the Tampa Rays. Of course, uh, it, naturally. Yeah. Who, why wouldn't it be? So fitting. It included... It was a six, six players were involved, three for three. Nate Carnes. Nate Carnes came in. Yep, that's Nate one. Nate Carnes came our way. Boog Powell. Boog Powell came, came our your way. way. Yep. As did a left-handed reliever. Ooh. 
You're, uh, this is, it's a great yeah. name. It's a great name. It's a Ryan very, Divish, very, uh, very unique beat, name. beat reporter for the uh, Seattle Mariners, knows it, and he is celebrating uh, <laughs> just yeah. behind This Jerry was the Harris. one I was wondering. Is Jerry going to remember that it was? Are you tapping out? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. C.J. Riefenhauser. C.J. Riefenhauser, who, who never actually pitched for us in the big league. Oh, right? which uh, there was a few we of those. We traded him again. They traded uh, him again, of course. And of then course. Uh, we sent out Brad Miller. Yep. Um, we sent out. Two more, uh, one pitcher and one hitter. Run, no. <laughs> There's so many deals with the Rays. I, I know. Yeah. Oh, right. And we're going to get to that. Uh, Logan Morrison and right. Danny Farquhar. There you go. Danny Farquhar. There you go. So that's there's, a good one. So, I have to say, you, you, while the, the first one should be one that's burned on my brain, it, it clearly was not. You well, clearly took Billy Bean's advice. But but, but let's do a layup. Let's let's get, keep, keep it easy. Who is the team you've made the most trades with? The Rays. The Rays. Do you yeah. know how many? Now, you've made – I'm just going to tell you the number. 140 trades as Mariners GM. Now, that includes – Everything. So, like, even the minor, you know, cash for, for cash, a ball yeah. guy, whatever shows up as a trade in the transaction log, I count, right? So, how, do you know how many with the raise of those 140? 13. Which seems like an 13. excessive number. Yeah. It, it does. Do you know who's second? Because it seems like you know about the raise, and we'll ask about that in a second, but do you know who's second? Most of the reason I know about the Rays is because a handful of years ago I joked that you know when we're bored at the winter meetings we just sit, sit in, in the, the corner, corner with the Rays. <laughs> yeah, I know. Where is the, I hope you and Andrew second? have been hanging out. That's true. Who is second? I would say maybe the Yankees. The Yankees are close, so the Yankees are tied with the Padres. Of course, we a lot of deals with them for third. Uh, it's the Dodgers at eleven, and then the Giants, who you had a spree earlier this year. Yeah, were just that all happened in all the kinds of stretch. yeah. That was Farhan did like a uh, like a resort you like, trip. You were like, like, here's Mike on. Ford. No, I need him back. Here's Mike Ford again. I need him back. Yeah. So you were going back and forth. So yeah, Dodgers, <laughs> Giants, Padres, and Yankees, Blue Jays, Rangers, Twins, Brewers. So yeah, but Rays, it does seem like you have that special connection. There is a bond, you know. Eric and I have a bond, <laughs> and there's he will joke as soon as we walk into the GM meetings the first day every let's year. Go. Goes, let's go. Let's go. Let's make a deal. I know. I, yeah. I, and it's been actually kind of a while since you've made one with Tampa this year. I guess you had the Diego Castillo one last season. Yes. Um, but I don't think any this year. So you got, you know. Not yet. Not no. yet. There's, hey, there's a lot of offseason left. We've there's still a got lot time. of offseason left. All right. Uh, how many different – there's no way you're going to know this. How many different players have been involved in a Jerry DePoto Mariners trade? Oh, how? God, I have no earthly idea. 265. That so, seems, again, <laughs> it seems like a big number. <laughs> how many of those players have been involved in multiple trades? We call this the Juan Then Award. The Juan Then Award, yes. Yeah. Or the Anthony Mas Who is going to pitch in the big leagues. Yeah, there uh, you go. That's a good one. Good uh, thing you brought him back. I don't I, I mean, I'm, I'd be guessing. It's I don't know. 37. 37. Again, you know. seems like an excessive number. <laughs> I like to think like, damn, I do make a lot of trades. Yeah. That's, that's kind of crazy. All right, here's a fun one. Just a couple more for you. What is the first name that you've traded the most? Name of a player that you've traded the most. See, okay? these are bizarre parlor games. <laughs> Hey, this is what I'm uh, here for. I, only, I don't get player. this opportunity often. I've been waiting to ask you these questions. So there, there's it, it, it depends how you count the names, right? Because Jerry, I'm really happy you're here because he's been asking me these questions, <laughs> and I really don't fucking know. <laughs> so, you know. so do you have a do you have a guy? I mean, it's you know, it's 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 a pretty common baseball name. A pretty common baseball name. That I have traded more often than anyone else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's not Leonis for sure. It's not Leonis, but that's that's a good one. You have, he. Oh, I love Leonis Martin. Wow. Could it? You're really thinking about it. You're really thinking about it. You can at least give me a guess this time. 
right? Just say a name of a of a baseball player, right? Brad. Brad. No, Brad's not even in the top. I don't know. Have you have believe you it or not, Jerry? It's Mike. Brad's. It is Mike slash Michael. Eight of them. Eight Mike slash Michaels, uh, which is pretty good. Uh, we've got, of course, Mike Zanino. We've got Michael Plasmeyer. We got Mike Marjuma, Mike Montgomery. I mean, all kinds of. I remember all those Mikes. I but my, my favorite one is five Ryans. Two Ryans, R-Y-N-E, and Ryan Healy, R-Y-O-N. So, I mean, you've really, you've covered every possible base of these names. You, you know, you've gone deep on I, Listen, wait, listen. Yeah. This is what perhaps, like, too deep. perhaps, off too the edge. Yeah. Yeah. We keep saying the word excessive. Yes. And I don't think, I think I'm there's a lot of it. excessiveness going on. I'm yeah. trying to match it. Six Tylers, we five Adams. We live in world of excess. We yeah. do. I can't wait for the reunion. But bring everyone back. All these all the, but you know, all like the teams when they win the World Series, like they like the, they brought the, all the, like the 08 Phillies back. Right? <laughs> so the, the, this is a true story. When we acquired Gene Segura, uh, yes. we, this was e- the eve of Thanksgiving yes. 2007, 16, right? Yep. So it's November 2016. Yes, I remember. And I, I was called Gene. He's in the Dominican Republic. And I had once traded Gene as a prospect from the Angels. From the Angels, yep. And uh, and Gene answered the phone. And I said, I said, Gene, it's Jerry DePoto with the Mariners. And he went, ha, I never thought I'd hear from you again. <laughs> I said, hold on, buddy. Like, hold oh, on. Well, yeah. hold on. You're about to be involved uh, in another Jerry DePoto trade. Last one for you. Going back before your tenure as Mariners GM, you were involved in two trades as a player. Yes. Do you remember who was involved in those trades? This is the Probably grand much better than I remember okay, who was involved so in Okay, so the first one, the who was deals. involved in the first trade when you were traded by the Cleveland, uh, then Indians, to the New York Mets. Who was involved in that trade? Paul Bird. Paul Bird. Dave Malicki. Dave Malicki to the Mets for two players. Jeremy Burnitz. Jeremy Burnitz. And Joe Roa. Joe Roa. Joe yeah. Roa. Joe Roa. There you go. And then after that, later, the Mets traded you. To the Colorado Rockies for Armando Reynoso. Armando Reynoso. See there you go. By far the most accurate seed spitter <laughs> in the history of seed spitting. Everyone knows that. Yeah. That's it what, should be known. Yeah. I mean well, an amazing pickoff move, a pretty good sinker, and an amazing seed spitter. Well, that is what you get here at the winter meetings. Jerry DePoto, thank you for uh, giving us some of your time. Uh, my last question for you is do you have a favorite synonym for trade? Swap, oh. deal, exchange. <laughs> yeah. Not really. Deal. I, I mean, it, it sounds kind of vanilla, but yeah. 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 Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal, Jerry. Thanks. All right. Well, Jerry, good luck us. on your next trade whenever and wherever it is. Surely with the Rays at some point in the next few hours. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we really appreciate it. You got it, guys. Hi, this is Dave LaGreca from Busted Open, home of the best pro wrestling talk on the planet. Here two exclusive episodes every week on the Busted Open podcast. Friday afternoons, myself and Tommy Dreamer bring you the legacy of the territories, a special series looking at the history of what built pro wrestling in the U.S. Then Sunday morning, it's the Masters Class with Tommy Dreamer, Bully Ray, and Mark Henry. Download Busted Open right now on the SXM app, available with all of our trials and popular plans or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back here on Baseball Barbacast. I'm Jake Mintz. This is Jordan Schusterman. Hey, hey. Just really cool to talk to Jerry DePoto. It, it was oh, genuinely fun to see your face light up. <laughs> you were dorking out. It was amazing, right? Jordan, Jordan's like, hey, do you know how many of these things happened? And, and Jerry's like, no. 
And Jordan's like, I do. And Jerry's like, hell yeah. Yeah. You guys no. are just dorking out together. It was great. It was cool. He was totally game. And I also think he gave us, like, the before we even got to the trivia, I mean, I think he gave us some really good insight. He explained why he is like, yeah, I'll tell you what I'm doing. Because if I was a five-year-old fan, I would want to know what my jam's doing. And listen, that's, that is, you know, bit him in, in the ass a couple times uh, in, in his Mariners tenure. But at the same time, I certainly appreciate it as a fan. And it was so cool. So I'm, I'm glad we got to make that happen. Thank you, of course, to the Mariners for setting that up. Uh, Jake, before we go, there was one other piece of news uh, this uh, today. Not just piece of news, an amazing television event. Baseball history took place just a short while ago before we hopped on these microphones. And that was the first ever MLB draft lottery for the first time in baseball history. The top of the draft was determined by a lottery, not by who sucked the most the year before. And coming in, the three teams with the, the highest odds to receive the number one pick were the Washington Nationals, the Oakland A's, and the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pittsburgh Pirates, they did it. They won the lottery. Absolute champions. Great work by their front office uh, to make that happen because that's definitely how lotteries work. And the Pirates are picking first. The Nationals fall. They fall to second. The A's, I believe, fell to, what are they, Fifth, sixth, I think, which is not great if you're Oakland and you just lost a million games and you're trying to rebuild the farm system. The Reds fell as well all the way to, I believe, eighth, which is very uh, bad for a team that was also one of the worst teams in baseball this year. But let's talk about the event. Seventh. Uh, seventh, seventh. So Reds picking seventh. Uh, they you know, had a good chance at one of those top picks. Uh, the order, listen, I'll talk draft some other time. Let's talk about it as an event. It was so weird. Yo. It was so it was weird. So weird. Uh, but it was so fun. Uh, it's I just in it. like a big hotel conference ballroom thing. You walk in. It's really quiet. The MLB Network host was Dan O'Dowd, Am Singer, and Harold Reynolds. Harold like, crushed it as always. Harold I mean, crushed it. <laughs> Only people talking. All I, of the great. team reps are just, he's like, it's the director of scouting who's just there to like oh, smile man. and wave for two seconds. It was so uncomfortable which is what a draft lottery is supposed to be. Mm. That's the point. This is not a cool event. Yes. And I actually think that they need to lean into that even more next time. So I have some feedback. Okay, go ahead. We need the ping pong balls live. Okay. The reveal, Don't think that'll ever happen, but I, I agree. The reveal <laughs> of who is drafting where is too anticlimactic. It cannot be just Raul Abanez flipping a placard or like a place card or like a piece of cardboard over with a team logo. It, I need more bells and whistles. I need like a circus theme. Ping pong balls, please. Yes, Chris. Chris. Producer Chris, go. The issue with doing the ping pong balls live, right? So you, I don't know how many ping pong balls they have to get that unique combination of numbers, but the more, the way they sort it out, right, is the, the teams with the highest percentage to win have the most amount of combinations. Yeah, it's so a combination. So what you're going to have to do it's, is you, know, you it, find out the combination. You do the, it's the, so much more yeah, complicated. You do the you're ping pong balls. Out you the get teams. that six-digit number or whatever, and then you have to scan through this document <laughs> and go, okay, <laughs> who is 641027? And then everyone spends 30 seconds trying to find which... <laughs> yeah, game that corresponds I, it's, to. It's way it, more. You need I that know immediate. They, they they parroted exactly what the NBA is. Jake yeah. is pissed. Jake looks pissed right it now. He really does. You guys, you know, Jake's like, guys, the draft lottery should be the biggest television event of the year. And no, to me, it, it was. shouldn't. <laughs> it shouldn't. It should just be weirder. Like, it's not cool. It shouldn't be cool. Stop trying to make it cool. Give me freaking ping pong. You just told ball. me you want it more cool. Okay, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, that's fine. Point is, I just think they need to lean a little bit more into the weird. I want music. I think there should be a lot more hard drugs. I think, <laughs> I think instead of the random front office dudes, it should be, it should be 
like odd fans. I or... do agree that we need to get way more interesting representatives. That's yeah, a layup. That's right? a layup. Yeah. I, I just think there's it was a good first effort. Room for improvement. Give Fine. me owners' relatives opening envelopes. <laughs> it, it, I just want more from it. Good start. Room to improve. Someone's not happy about having the 17th pick. Uh, that's that's <laughs> my takeaway there. Uh, twins, huge winners, by the way. 13th best odds, and they move into the top five. So congrats to the Twins. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Baseball Barbacast. Uh, seems like we'll probably have some news again by the time we record again tomorrow morning. Uh, if not later tonight, we'll see what happens. But thank you all for listening. Thank you again to Jerry DePoto for joining us on uh, this episode. Uh, thank you, uh, Chris, uh, for helping produce this. Uh, and Dan, who's behind the curtain. Dan also helping uh, produce these episodes. Um, this has been great, very fun, uh, and we will talk to you again soon here on Baseball Barbacast. Goodbye. I, l- I love this show. I love doing it. I love listening to it. Now people don't believe you. <laughs> Serious XM Podcasts. <laughs>